Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Comics Collective, the weekly podcast where we read and discuss a collection of comic books or a graphic novel. I'm one of your hosts, Alexis. Chipmunk hunk. And I'm Anne. <laughs> I'm not calling you Chipmunk hunk this whole episode. No. Chipmunk hunk. No. Wrong. I'll call In other news, every single time Tippy Tap's little head was poking up out of the roll oh call, yeah. I wanted to die of happiness. This is the greatest comic book we've ever read. I'm sorry I interrupted you, Alexis. Back to you. <laughs> Should we video. say what the comic is first? No, no. Let people it? just infer. Let people guess. Let's see if they actually follow us on Twitter. Hmm. Hmm. Side eye. Hmm. Hmm. Or if but they listen if don't, to I the ends of the episodes. episodes. I seriously Bad. doubt anybody listens to the end of those episodes. I don't even. I wouldn't. I'm on them. I wouldn't. <laughs> anyway, without further ado, we are going over and covering The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl from 2015, written by Ryan North and illustrated by a fa- uh, fan favorite of the pod, uh, Erica Henderson. Love Erica Henderson's art. Mm-hmm. Good old time. We got we to gotta go for the trifecta now and do Dracula motherfucker that she did. <gasps> Yes, 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 yes. So good. We like vampires on this podcast. Do they? And then we can do assassination that she did with Kyle Starks. (gasps) We were talking about that one, I think, last time. That one's got a character named Fuck Tarkington in it. Gold, comedy gold. But yeah, that's what we read. We read the first eight issues of the 2015 run. Sorry to disappoint, but we were sure as shit not reading all 58. With love. Um. It gives what us an opportunity mean? to circle back someday. Exactly. Yeah. A part two, if you will. We've, we are nothing if not farming for content. So, yeah. you know. Well, we picked the right, only... we picked the right mode yeah. of our medium right here. Comic There's... book podcasting. There's only so many comics we can talk about, so we got to make sure we save some for later, right? Exactly. You never know I'm when cons- we'll run out. Consistently shocked at the ones we haven't covered yet. Like, there's so many comic books that I'll just be like, whew. We've never oh. done a Dark Knight Returns episode. That's insane. I'm baffled by that. Yeah, like the one Batman comic I actually like. That's crazy. It's, I reread it last year after every once in a while you have to reread one of those. It's actually overrated books just to be like to clear the mind fog and be like, no, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> That's like an annual read for me. Like the Court of Owls, the Long Halloween, and the Dark Knight Returns, I will read like once a year because they are both just, mm, they are great. Fantastic. No one on I Twitter want to reread this podcast so I, I can say whatever I want about Batman. <laughs> I want to reread Dark Victory because I've reread Long Halloween a decent amount, but I've only read Dark Victory once and I want to reread it. I haven't read it at all. Is it worth it? It's very good. Okay, yeah. It's That's all good. we need. And it's got Robin. So it's like all the long Halloween goodness plus Robin. Okay, works for me. Can I say something Absolutely. that's going to be very controversial and I need to get off my chest about Squirrel Girl as a character? Um, Watch yourself. <clears throat> I'm, listen, listen. I'm going to start it off. This run is amazing. Incredible. I loved every second of it. And I think it is impossible for anyone who actually reads this run to hate it. What I'm about to say is that the internet is a strange place where sometimes vacuous opinions can cling on to you 
and you will kind of hold on to them because you don't really have any other exposure. And I'm the perfect example of that because for the longest time, I was a big, big Squirrel Girl hater. I professed to hate Squirrel Girl all the time. It was funny. Everyone thought it was great. I thought it was a great bit. Um, I thought it was just ridiculous that there was a character out there in the Marvel Universe who was called Squirrel Girl and talked to squirrels and had all the powers of a squirrel who could beat Thanos and Galactus in hand-to-hand combat. Because, you know, I didn't know that she just talked Galactus out of it. I was told that she beat Galactus. So naturally, I'm like, well, what's the point of the Avengers if she's got all this in the bag? And that is such a lame and stupid way to look at comics. And I'm so glad that I grew out of that. And it's, I think it's really, like, symbolic of, like, how opinions like that can really cling to people, even if you've, like, never, like, sought them out. A lot of times the things we talk about in these communities can just kind of, like, come out at you, and you might accidentally hold on to things that you might not even know you're holding on to. And Squirrel Girl was one of those for me. And moving past it and getting to the part where I'm, like, actually reading the book and just enjoying it for what it is, fuck yeah, Squirrel Girl is an incredible character. This is an incredible book. It's okay to read things that are fun and to have fun with comics. They don't need to be super serious all the time. They don't need to have world-ending stakes all the time. Sometimes it's okay to say, yeah, maybe Galactus is just hungry. Let's just chill with him for a second. Let's talk to him. Let's have a one-on-one with his feelings. And, you know, just hang out. Galactus is a bro. That's okay. It's comics. They're stupid and fun. That's it. That's that's my big thing. It's just... I, I see a lot of hate from the series still just based on like Erica Henderson's artwork and it's which I, is insane. Yeah, it's I cannot fathom that people need to keep the opinion to themselves because it's wrong. It's an unwashed opinion. Frankly. <laughs> <laughs> and it's oh. funny because I'm even seeing like the same thing with like the adventures, my adventures with Superman just that just came out. So like I watched those first two episodes. I thought they were adorable. I thought they were really fun. But you have people out here complaining that it's not like the darkest grittiest take on superman that's ever existed and it's not like young justice 2.0 or whatever and i'm like you're you know things are allowed to have different flavors not everything needs to be specifically the way you expect it to be and it's i i can't imagine a worse and more miserable way to engage with artwork as a as a form it just it's insane to me it's so limiting yeah, that's my my short little spiel to anyone who's ever thought, like, this comic isn't for me, this comic can't be for me, this character isn't for me. Give it a chance. And, you know, if you don't like it, at least you gave it a chance. But don't let anyone else's opinions on this character, this run, sway you otherwise, because it's truly something special. I a thousand percent agree. And I feel like that's why I was so excited to read it, and that's why I chose it. Because I find myself, time and time again, having so much fun with these little chaotic head empty characters, which in fact are not very head empty. Like some of her experiences and like the story arcs and the things that we saw just in this eight issue chunk were so fun. Like who would think to talk Galactus off an edge of eating a planet because he's just obviously hungry And you just take him to a planet that's the only population is acorns. And you're like, okay, buddy, here you go. Go nuts. Leave us alone. Like, that is so funny. It just, 
I don't know. I just feel like people put too much weight into comics these days. And I'm mm-hmm. just about three years into this shit. So I can finally say that with my full chest. Y'all take too shit. Shit too literal. Mm-hmm. These are picture books for adults. Remember that. <laughs> I love the part where it was like, you're just going to have to take my word that I figured out all the physics in this book about talking squirrels. And I was like, that is yes. exactly that's the ryan north promise right there is there is going to be some of the smartest real world science next to some of the silliest fiction you have ever seen like who in the world would go to an atm to buy falafel can't even imagine that you just walk right past <laughs> i was personally yeah. victimized by falafel oh, not a falafel I'll fan forget oh, fan lawful. i cried I cried. <laughs> Dang, right. that's rough. Teach their own. There's a texture Te- thing. <laughs> I like falafel. Cars- Dallas likes falafel. I've never had it. I'd like to try it. It's good. It's like a fritter. <laughs> oh. That is not what I expected it to be. Well. <laughs> anyway. Moving on. So, Alexis. Wow, oh, okay. Me. No, it's your episode. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to ask what you thought. Anne and I thought had thoughts. I adored this book. I went into it knowing that this was one of my great Marvel hidden gems that I hadn't explored yet. And I was still blown away. I was consistently taken back by Ryan North's ability to make every single interaction funny. I was like, how do you write so funny like chip sadarsky has said he's someone who also is very funny he says writing comedy is much harder than writing drama because if he wants to make an audience cry he knows that he can make a hundred percent of an audience cry but if he wants to make an audience laugh the best he can hope for is making half the audience laugh and i think ryan north has an ability to make the whole audience laugh every time and it's insane my introduction to Ryan North, I knew of him. I read some of his comics. I'm not sure exactly which ones, but I really fell in love. Thanks, <coughs> <coughs> you guy. Bless. I really fell in love with his book, How to Take Over the World, that he wrote last year, where he did all the real world science of how to become a supervillain. Like there's something called the cubing paradox where once an object gets large enough, its volume becomes greater than its, no, its surface area will become larger than its volume. And so theoretically, anything will float if it's big enough. So he's like, if you're a Dr. Doom style villain, he's like, if you make a one mile sphere out of carbon fiber, it will float. He's like, the math makes it float. He's like, it will cost $1 billion. And he's like, and you're going to have to put it over Antarctica because no nation will have claim to it. So you can be your own sovereign nation a mile above Antarctica. And like the whole book is that way where he breaks down the real world science that melts your brain to talk about silly things like being a supervillain. And I think Squirrel Girl has so much of that going on where there's real heart, there's real complex emotional honesty, there's fun science, and yet it all 
is in service of a very silly fun time. And it's wonderful. I think it's one of the best comic books that Marvel put out in the 2010s. Mm-hmm. I absolutely agree. It's just a, it's just a fun, it's just so fun. And like this little chunk definitely has made it so that we will we will return to this for sure. It is on my personal pull list for another episode on this. Mm-hmm. Because it just was something so lighthearted that you could just pick up at any time and just thoroughly enjoy it. Like this is definitely something that I mean, hell, we only read eight issues. Like, you could read this in between whatever big adventure you're going on in your normal comic book reading. It just is something light and fun, and you know you'll always have a good time with it. But there's also meat on the bones. Yes. Like, yes. It's like we were talking attack. about this off mic a little bit. These are dense issues. There's a lot of story and a lot of characterization in mm-hmm. every 20 pages. Yeah, I was... Just flipping through issue one again, and I realized that entire Craven bit happens in issue one. It feels like in any other comic, that would be like the first two or three issues at least. Just like the introductory villain. It's just like, how is Squirrel Girl going to take out this one foe who's plagued Spider-Man for so long? No, she does it in like five seconds. She does it just by like, I love that one of her ideas is, what if I just throw this man up and down for infinity? That would keep him pretty pretty tied up, right? Why hasn't Spider-Man thought about this yet? And no, her her plan is like, you know there's bigger game on this planet than Spider-Man, right? This is a world with a savage land and giant sea monsters. You should probably go check those out. And Craven's like, you know what? Maybe I should. Maybe you're right. What has this bug boy brought me except for pain and misery? <laughs> so I'm going to go do that. And it, it it's so great. And it's a great setup for how she also deals with Galactus later on. And just how she is as a character. And we were talking earlier, Dallas was mentioning about like, the humor in the book and Ryan North being like, the best I can do is get 50% of the audience to laugh. And I think he does a great job doing that 50%. And I think that Erica Henderson pulls that other 50% and that's lowballing it. Cause I feel like most of these jokes don't land. If you don't have Erica Henderson as an artist, her style completely fits everything about this book. It really makes this book unique. I think So Ryan North's got a great, great voice. It's easy to recognize it's him. Cause you know, I've read a little bit of his book. It wasn't the how to take over the world, but it was like how to um, be a time traveler or whatever. I forget the actual name of it, but he's giving you the instructions how to be a time traveler. And so if you recognize that in this writing, you can easily tell it's Ryan North. But Erica Henderson brings something so special with the subtleties and just cartoony goofiness of her art that no other corner of the Marvel Universe could even come close to like there was not a single book I can think of that comes anywhere close to the artistic style and flavoring of this book and there's so many subtle things that make every page worth looking at we're talking about how dense the text is the one splash page where they're just walking into like the clubs for the first time and one of my favorite most subtle jokes in the whole thing is the corner where there's the social justice club and the social injustice club and they're just like glaring at each other from around the corner and it's like that it's it's such a small thing. I love the the checkmates, the, the club qu- quiz club answer. Yes. It's it's so fantastic. Um I haven't seen like background gags that good since we were doing a Ted and um Ted and Rose Crowded. It was it was so I wonderful. I totally got those same vibes from this yeah. going through. I was like, oh, this is like Ted and Rose. I love it. I love this type of art style. It's just so fun. This is how comics should be, is fun. Yeah. I love it. And using that 
visual style to accentuate every little bit of humor and to add such, I don't want to say emotional depth, but such humorous depth to every single page is fantastic. Absolutely. It's just, it's just so fun. I mean, there's straight zingers right out of the gate. Like her carrying all of those boxes to her apart, her dorm in college. And then who we later time Thomas, who we later find out is Chipmunk Hunk. Uh, is just like, do you need help with all those boxes? That's kind of a lot. And then she just drops literally everything in the middle of the campus. And she's like, Oh yeah, normal women can't carry these. And then she's like, actually screw that. I'm taking my boxes, I'm going elsewhere. She's like, Yeah, I'm toodaloo. Every moment she has that moment of like, I'm doing, I'm trying to keep the secret identity thing going. And so she catches the chair later in the run. And she's like, I mean, ow, my hand is in pain because that's what a normal person would do. They caught a chair one handed. It was, um, it was so great. Her and, um, Waffle House lady need to meet up sometime. They need to have a, a chair catching conversation. I think that'd be great. I loved when Squirrel Girl tucked her tail and was like, and now I'll just look like I have a little bit more fabulous of a butt. (laughs) She's got a dumpy. (laughs) I love that for her. I love that for her so much. Yeah. Also, another one of my favorite, like, bad at keeping a secret bad at keeping her secret identity was when she was like being super buddy buddy with nancy and nancy's like i swear if i keep getting kidnapped because i'm your roommate and you're bad at keeping your secret identity i like so help me and she just shoves her out of the panel like oh i don't know who you are strange mysterious woman i just saved i'm like yeah love that so good Mm -hmm. what was everyone's favorite like arc or issue I love the Ratatusk arc. Really? I did not see that coming. I love Asgard. Yeah. Like, we know this about me. Yep, I love sense. Thor. I love Asgard. And I thought it was very silly, very fun. I thought Loki with the cat head was fun. Hilarious. I thought Nancy getting to go to meet Cat Thor was great. I thought the artwork on Ratatusk was really cool. There were some really neat panels from Erica Henderson with that character design. And I just overall had a great time. Like, I don't know. I wanted to keep reading. I laughed every page. The little notes at the bottom of the pages. Every time. Yeah. Some of the best parts of the book. I don't know. I just, I thought it was delightful. That's just the operative word for this book. This book comes from a time period at Marvel where Axel Alonso was really pushing new characters, legacy characters, let's be fresh. And so I don't think it's it's no mystery that we got stuff like Gwenpool, the Champions, Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, Unstoppable Wasp, Miss Marvel. Like It's like a three-year period where the editor-in-chief at Marvel was like, let's push new voices. And they mm-hmm. created iconic runs. And it's, I don't, I don't want to do like a, we used to be a real company here, but sometimes I'm sad that the current Marvel push seems to be retro miniseries from mm-hmm. classic creators. Um, those are still fun. I think they're talented people. I'm really loving Anne Nascenti's Storm miniseries she does, which absolutely falls under that Peter David umbrella 
mm-hmm. of we're going to invite back a creator from the 80s and 90s to do something fun. But I think there was a freshness to Marvel now that I miss that Squirrel Girl is absolutely a product of. And so yeah. this is consistently my favorite era of Marvel to return to this and the 80s, like two eras where they're like, all right, we're going to let Chris Claremont invent a bunch of new characters and let them run. And then in 2015, they're like, we're going to let a bunch of non-white dudes create new characters and let them run. And it rules. Oh, yeah. See, it's like, to me, it's I really miss this time period before Marvel Comics is like, hey, whatever the movies are doing, that's exactly what we're doing, too. Don't expect two else different. I miss having runs like Squirrel Girl and I miss having runs like Gwenpool and Miss Marvel and just things where it's it I haven't felt the creative spark like that since Krakoa started and it's it's stuff that I really miss and Are you blaming Krakoa no I'm not blaming Krakoa I'm blaming Ke- I'm blaming Kevin Feige I'm actually squarely I'll say it right here Kevin you can send your shooters after me I don't give a shit um it's your fault <laughs> comics aren't what they used to be and it's your fault I swear to god can't learn to count past five all of you marvel editorial figure out a higher number than five i swear um also check out Alyssa wong's captain marvel coming soon um yeah it's my favorite arc in this was easily the galactus stuff because i think it sets up the run so well it sets up everything this character is going to be every issue is its own spectacular brand of fun i love when you pick up the final like climactic issue and it just starts with squirrel girl on top of him and it's like okay that's the end of the issue and it goes immediately into the the letters to the editor page you're like what what (laughs) so good so like what a commitment to the bit yeah right I literally I, had to go back and be like, is this real? Is this literally only five pages? But then you keep reading and it's nothing like what you expected it to be. And it's it's so, so wonderful. And it's speaking, like... Speaking go, of go. funny gags from that run, when they keep asking Squirrel Girl, did you wrap up all your loose threads? Did you, like, you took care of everything? And she's like, yes, 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 yes. And you are like, yes, she did. And then they go to letters page. And then they go to the last page. And then there's one more page about the guy that's still trapped under the squirrels. Whiplash. Oh, <laughs> poor buddy. That. It was cackling. Was I was going to get in trouble at work. Cackling. Looking at my computer at that. that so funny. Oh, oh my gosh. And um, <laughs> I love the suit of squirrels. I love oh it so gosh, much. So goofy. But you all were pulling away from my fist. That yeah. doesn't make a very powerful squirrel suit. <laughs> Nancy's like, are you just punching squirrels? She's like, I've never thought of it before. It's a fair question. It I, is. It's the type of stuff I think about all the time with Ant-Man where he's like, if he's ever like riding ants, I'm like, that's a lot of dead ants. You're crushing some ants right now, bud. There's no way. I... And speaking of, I, I just finished Fairy Tale. <gasps> Real <laughs> the moment where the um the snab sends all the rats after yes. the night lord i'm like see that's what happens actually every time ant-man uses his ants is he's just like some of you may die but that is the sacrifice i am willing to make <laughs> how dope was the who gets to say gog magog at the end that was isn't so that cool? one of the coolest moments in a book ever 
he's, he's putting all the threads together. He's like, wait, wait a second. Wait a second. All these, I know, I know how to beat you. And then she just rips it oh. open. Yeah, that Gangster was book. Gangster book. Mm-hmm. I just got chills. I'm so excited for you. Uh, we need to, we're going to have a whole <laughs> podcast episode just on this book. Thank you. A fairy tale story where there's actual consequences too. Insane. I thought everything was just going to go back to the, the end. And it's like, nope. The line about scars and like how when you get to know someone that sometimes scars can be as beautiful as dimples. That that hits so hard. That was amazing. Incredible Dude, book. Absolutely Stephen fantastic. Stephen King's motherfucking back, baby. It's true. They put a tournament arc in that shit. Yes. <laughs> Crazy. He put a little so bit of Green Mile in that book. book. There was a five chapter Green Mile in that book. Look, if you tell Stephen King, like, hey, we need you to write a story. These characters aren't allowed to leave the space. He's like, sold. Let's do it. (laughs) I got my missed energy back. I got my Shawshank back. I got my Green Mile back. I'm in my bag. I got my misery back. (laughs) Oh, misery is the best reading experience I've had this year. I could not put it down. It's one of those where it's like the secondhand, like, like, I can't do anything here gets to me so much. I was squirming. I was sitting in the bathtub reading Misery, and I was actively writhing. And I was like, a book is making me writhe. Like, this is insane. Yep. It's it's crazy, because I was there before I got to, like, page 50. And I'm like, I don't know if I can keep doing this. So I put it down, and my bookmark is still at page 50. <laughs> oh. the mu- Okay, so this is a Stephen King podcast now. We'll get back to <laughs> Squirrel Girl real quick. Forget that girl with the squirrel tail. Misery's ability to make microaggressions scary. Because when you really take a step back and look, there are four major scary things that happen in that book. Mm -hmm. And the rest of it is microaggressions. And it puts you like Addison was trying to be like, what makes it so scary? And I was like, she's just very mean and tense. I don't know. Like, I just know she's going to do something. It's like if you're reading Jaws and you're just trapped in the water and the shark's circling you the whole time, being like, you wrote that book yet? I'm getting hungry, you wrote that book yet? Yeah. 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 It's insane. <laughs> but you know who could beat her? Squirrel Dorian Girl. Green. Exactly. There is not a single neurotypical person in this book. <laughs> it's so cool. It's great. Also, Koi Boy, Trans King. Love uh-huh. him so much. And this is, it, it's one of the things where it's, I know getting further down the series, they don't actually get to say that he's trans. They just show him with a binder once, I believe. Because it's, and that's that's the most you get. Because it's a time period where it's like, we can't really tell you this, but we really want to show inclusion. So we're going to do as best we can. But still, Koi Boy is so much cooler than you believe. The panel where <laughs> Doreen's like, squirrels attack and Chipmunk Hunk's like, Chipmunk's attack and Koi Boy's like, Koi, be ready in case we have to hit her into the water. <laughs> I he was dying. Funny. I'm like, this man is every bad Aquaman joke ever told, but like legit. So I'm okay with it. It's so good. They're like, I have the proportional strength of squirrels. I have the proportional strength of chipmunks. I can grow to fit any container. <laughs> I was like, shut up. I love that. <laughs> so true, King. I want someone to do like a callback to koi boy then we haven't seen him in a while and now he's like eight feet tall he's like got a bigger house <laughs> <laughs> i moved out of my college dorm 
him saying that and then seeing how small he was reminded me of the Malcolm in the Middle bit where everyone but Dewey is away for a week. And so Dewey doesn't have to share a room and he grows two inches. And he's like, you told me I was small because of genetics. I was small because you didn't give me room to grow. That's what I thought of Koi Boy saying that he grows to fit his container and he was also like four foot two. Short King can be talking though. Give him some time. Just give just give him a minute. Very slow growth. The the, the issue where they're all um held hostage in the Statue of Liberty. The Avengers are fighting dinosaur robots on the outside and they're just sharing stories about what they think Squirrel Girl actually is. Peak comics. Absolutely peak comics. There's a you know, if you're looking at a panel and there's a T-Rex that's the size of the Statue of Liberty breathing fire. With, with a feathery covering, by the way. And there's a pterodactyl shooting laser beams from its eyes at Captain America. What what do you want from comics? What, seriously, what do you want? Do you want more, do you want more fridging? Is that, what you, is that what you need? Do you need more, um, I don't know, what else? What, have, what other nonsense is happening in Spider-Man right now? Do you need Doc Ock's tentacles falling in love with Peter Parker more? No, what you need is more dinosaurs and reptiles with shooting laser beams out of the freaking eyes. And fire breath. And it's just chaos madness insanity stuff you can only get away with in this medium you can't do this anywhere else except for maybe maybe novels but even then you're missing so much because you don't get that that visual aspect of just the absolute absurdity of what you're looking at it's it's incredible and this this reminds me of that and getting to see everyone's different takes on who this character is the freaking bass lass (laughs) <laughs> the, the the throwback issues and how the art style changes to look like it's a, from a comic from the actual like 60s so so great everything about this comic is perfectly summarized in that single issue i love great single issues me too if comic books are the juxtaposition of words and art i think that squirrel girl is one of the greatest comic books of all time because the ability mm-hmm. of the artwork to tell a full story and the words to tell a full story and the combination of those creating a third new fun story is incredibly strong here. Like there is always something funny going on in both the words and visuals. There is always something exciting and heartfelt going on in the words and visuals and they aren't reiterating the same points they're working in tandem and it's incredible you can see why this team keeps wanting to work together i mean we just did danger and other unknown risks from the same creative team Mm -hmm. they just get each other also the fact that people don't like erica henderson's art and this is did you see a few of those comments i got a few of those comments it's the same as people that don't like Frank Quitely art. I'm like, you just, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, I love Stuart Eminem as much as the next guy and all the Stuart Eminem clones that we all love now. But like, let's broaden your horizons, little cutie pies. Look at a comic book I... with a little bit of texture. I think some of it comes from just an innate insecurity about liking comics because oftentimes you tell people you like comics and there's a certain mental image they get where it's like, Oh, aren't those for kids? Isn't that something, you know, that you should have grown out of by now? Isn't that something that's, 
you know, not, you can't really talk about, I mean, what can you talk about in a comic? A superhero punches the guy, right? And I feel like people get like that innate defense to like defend what they like and to like prove that it has worth, that it has merit, that it has value. And I feel like when a comic swerves into the comic bookiness of it, for lack of a better term, and just gets as wacky and as fun as it can get, I feel like that defeats like this facade people have built where it's like, oh, comics are actually for adults. They're for they're for men. We we can read those too because, you know, it's I, I get the same way when people talk about like animation and like you, you you're supposed to grow out of animation, right? It's like, no, it's an art form. You can still like it as an adult. Even if it's not specifically for adults only, you can still like it. You can still enjoy it. You can be secure in the fact that you like a product that isn't necessarily made specifically for your demographic. And I feel like a lot of times people get to that point where it's like they just don't want to feel like they're being made fun of for liking something. And so they have to get very aggressive defending it and over explain why they like something. And I feel like it keeps them from enjoying comics like this, where it's it's doing everything a comic can do to the max level just in a way that they don't expect it to, in a way that's harder for them to specifically defend to their own internalized insecurities i mean there is a lot to defend when you like the highest grossing movies of all time like yeah that's a pretty oppressed demographic there people Mm -hmm. i'm just so sick and tired of people thinking i'm such a joke for liking little known character (laughs) spider-man grow the fuck up (laughs) Ooh, spicy opinions on a sunday afternoon like sometimes I think we should make fun of comic book fans. <laughs> like, yeah. What do you think I've been doing for three years? It's like, it's weirdos. Shut up. You know what I mean? Like, Let me like my why I make fun of Spider Man and Batman fans so much because it's like you act like you're the most depressed people on the planet. It's like at least you have like you five or six most. books and movies and video games a year. You know, ask. <laughs> Ask anyone else how it's going. Ask yes. any, you know, Firestorm fan out there. Like, hey, how's how's life? How's your character? How's your boy? Oh, <laughs> Jeff Johns made him do, like, war crimes or something a little bit ago? That sucks. Um, Anyway, I'm going to go enjoy my second Spider-Man game of this year. That's cool. Chill. Comic fans yeah. are sometimes I... a little spoiled. One of my favorite parts of Super Gods is when Grant talks about how bad it will be that superhero comic book fans are about to get a bunch of movies made for their stuff. And I was like, Grant, you were a prophet Mm -hmm. because you are right. These people are the worst. This group of people who is convinced that they are oppressed for a hobby they have Mm -hmm. will now be given the reins to the kingdom and they will not lose their martyr complex, but they will gain immense clout to wave it all about. And you see, it's it's weird because you see the same thing whenever comics branch out past that group. They're like, excuse me, you're making a She-Hulk? Women cannot be here. This is not for them. This is for me, and so I'm going to complain about it because why are you making this for me? Everything's for me. Everything's about me. So Captain Marvel, She-Hulk, who likes those characters? I don't like those characters, so clearly no one does. Go fuck yourselves. I'm going to go watch this dude on YouTube who pees in his basement because he knows what's up. He also thinks Hitler's the coolest, but we're not going to talk about that. It's fine. Ugh. It's great. I just like, I like talking with you two about comic books. And mm-hmm. I like talking to a lot of the people that listen to this show about comic books because comic books are a part of our life. 
but the superheroes aren't our entire life. You know, mm-hmm. like we can call it how it is. If a flash movie is bad, it mm-hmm. was bad. We, and this, just this episode, we have talked about a novel that we all read and loved. And then we talked about Squirrel Girl, which we loved. And you can contain both. I think that you are better able to enjoy comic books as a medium if you participate in other artistic mediums and other. And that's not just saying go watch comic book movies. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Watch other movies. Watch other shows. You know what's great? The Bear. The Bear just came out. It's great. Watch season two of that. And then circle back around and read some more of your comic books instead of Secret Invasion. You don't need to watch Secret Invasion. Mm -hmm. No one needs to watch Secret Invasion. Help me. I'm being held against my will being made watch that. Secret Invasion? I'm so sorry, Lexi. Save me. Turn on the the bear. The moment I... I, that it was a double whammy at that first episode because I hear who dies at the end of the first, and it's like also the yes. the credits are AI. I'm like, that's yes. two notes for me. That's that's the only two strikes I this feel thing like had. I'm wrapped I'm up in my blanket, fetal position, rocking back and forth every time I'm <laughs> subjected to that on our one TV. Help me. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. I I feel like we should give you like a moment of silence. It's or not good. <laughs> it is not good. Are there Fresh. any TV? If I wanted you twelve liking? movies at once, I would have asked, and I didn't. Thanks. It's a real two-edged sword with Rachel Brosnahan being announced as Lois Lane. A bunch of new people are finally listening to me and watching the marvelous Mrs. Maisel because so they're like, "Be Lois, be Lois Lane." Um, but then there's another part of me. It's like I don't want to. I don't want to share. And like, and I don't. Ultimately, I do not care that she is Lois Lane. I love her. I loved the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and I hope they pay her a lot of money. I think she'll do great. But like, you know, I always intended to watch the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. It was always something I was going to do. Yeah, we're looking Um, at you. It's not specifically because she's Lois Lane now, but I'm not saying it's it's hurting. But you know, it was I was always going to listen to Dallas because Dallas is usually correct on these things. We've been friends for three years, and you've been like, oh, I'll get around to that. <laughs> this feminist show about stand-up comedy, and it's got really great, strong acting. I'm not going to watch that. I am, however, going to be upset about the Flash movie, killing Supergirl 84 times. I'm like, you know what show didn't kill women 847 times? The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh, wait, is that the first time Lexi heard about that? Gasp. Yeah, you get to watch it multiple up. times. It's I so knew that cool. that movie should have been blowtorched immediately. <laughs> but no, we had to kill the Batgirl one because clearly that was the unwatchable. Yeah, that one. was the problem. Hmm. Hiss. It takes me a while to get into new TV shows. I've told you this. I'm downloading the first episode and, right now. It's and downloaded on it. my phone. I haven't watched it either. It's there's a topless woman in the first episode. I have to prove I'm a feminist. Let's do this. I, I saw Fleabag. What more do you want from me? <laughs> Sometimes Fleabag I think so I'm good. a bad feminist. <laughs> Fleabag is incredible, and it's terrible that you can watch the whole thing in an afternoon. It's a crime. Oh I've watched God. that whole show in like two sittings, and I was like, shut the hell up. Phoebe Waller. How dare you? We're going to talk about that. Listen, this is, we've derailed this episode too much. We That's all right. I was going to ask, do you guys want to get into the four questions we have to get a little bit more pointed conversation and then we can wrap her up? Yeah. Yes. I can read I the can first, first one. 
Oh, oh Dallas, go first, because no I don't know who it's from. Oh, fight, fight. Great. Uh, it says, hello, Comics Collective. Even though the episode you're covering is about the unbeatable Squirrel Girl, which is a fantastic series, by the way, and helped first expose me to the work of Ryan North and Eric Henderson, who are now some of my favorite creators in the comic industry. So yes. I thought I'd use this time to instead ask, how much, how's your day been? Much love, mm-hmm. Owen Saylor. Postscript. Also, because the unbeatable Squirrel Girl has a crossover with Howard the Duck by Chip Zdarsky and Joe Canones. I don't know why Joe Canones' name is small, but that makes me happy. <laughs> Later on down the line, do you think we might get an episode on covering Chip and Joe's run on Howard at some point in the future? Um, noted enemy of the podcast, Chip Zdarsky. <gasps> not, How dare I'm you? <laughs> Alexis's best friend, Chip Zdarsky. I have never loved a person so much in my entire life in like the 30 minutes of conversing with them, but Chip is my number one hero. The little headset in the woods. Will never, I'll never recover. That was so funny. He's the funniest so- person I've I ever met. can't express to you how in the woods Chip Zdarsky lives. He literally said, he literally said, I don't know if it was before we started recording, but he was like, if all of a sudden I just disappeared off of this, it's because my satellite dish fell off my house and you'll never see me again. <laughs> he is so hard to get in touch with and I'm so happy yes, we did. he literally lives in the woods. Y'all traumatize I, that man on the internet. It's your fault. You did. You, your Spider-Man takes forced him into the Canadian into wilderness. The That's a mood, He though. is a mountain man. Such a mood. <laughs> With headset from the 80s. He did have a little, like... Like a little, like, foam. Like. He did have the little foam guy. I was like, was you great. got dial-up. What the hell? <laughs> it was awesome. Go best and listen to that interview. interview. The best creator interview we've ever done. Oh, sorry. Hot I, take. I, just, I want to take a sec. I love that we went to questions, so we'd stop derailing, and the first question is intentionally <laughs> derailing. Chip. How was That's everyone's great. day? How's it uh, been great. so far? I just woke up to a night of partying. I got home at 2.30 in the morning. Had so many good. vodka Red Bulls, I couldn't sleep. Nice. Nice. It's been good. I made myself a BBLT, which I learned from the... I know the second B I'm about to tell you. That's oh. called storytelling. I've uh, I've seeded something, and there's gonna I've be a payoff later. I've heard enough of your later. bullshit stories that I know just to skip to the point. <laughs> <laughs> I learned from the girl, the private chef on TikTok that goes out east every summer. Do you know who I'm talking about? I think I do. She's like blonde, and she cooks for this Did she say family. Chef at the beginning in, of the videos, or is that um, someone else? That's someone else. But anyway, she said a tip that she gave for BLTs was to put squeeze some lemon on the lettuce and then add basil. So a second B. And so I did that. <gasps> and because I've been salt and peppering my tomatoes and that makes a huge difference. But if you add a basil leaf and then you put lemon on the lettuce, elevates the whole thing. I feel like mom would love that. I should tell her. Oh, that. yo, it made it so tasty. So I did that today. I... I've been reading a bunch of comics this morning. My wife is at drag brunch. So after this, I'm going to go back to reading and I have to fix my <laughs> bike tire. Rip. Pretty exciting day for me, honestly. It's a Sunday yeah. afternoon. I, like a good gay woman, went to church this morning. Um, Gas. That was fun. I had to explain to them like, hey, things been busy. Sorry. Haven't been here. It's fun, fun times. 
but later um we're doing this episode early because i asked if we could i'm going to a concert later i'm gonna go see dream theater so i'm going to my prog metal concert and i'm gonna get all nice and dressed up for it so i can go sit on the lawn (laughs) it's gonna be great but you know it's it's great you should listen to their songs um the count tuscany is just 19 minutes long it's it's a short listen um, but one of my favorite songs of all time. So the song very, is very worth it. Long? The song is nineteen minutes. Yeah. Hey, bells. It's wow. it's 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 a story. It's a tale. I love that. It's about a guy that goes to a castle, and the dude is like really really creepy. And he's like, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna die. And the dude's like, Actually, you're not cool. And he's like, Okay, I can leave. Yeah, you can leave. That's the whole song. <laughs> but it's done in a really really great way. Um, <laughs> I always forget about this little punk side of you. What the little punk side of me? I'm going to put forget. on my leather pants and go to a metal concert. It's I forget. fine. I forget that you're fun. Just kidding. <laughs> I forget that you're fun. <laughs> I'm teasing. Well, I'm glad I know what vibe I put off normally then. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my heavens. Like, no. People contain multitudes anyways. Sure. Um, you're like a, you're like an onion. You have layers. You can own a ferret and be cool. You can have multiple parts of yourself. <laughs> Don't you dare insinuate there's something bad about Cece, that sweet little bean. Cece is the best thing that's ever been created. Addison was sloshed last night, Snapchatting me. And one of them, she went, I think we need a ferret. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And just her drunk toddler voice, I think we need a ferret. Okay, I cannot wait to drink with my sister-in-law. This is a new sub. This is a side quest I've discovered. This is very fun. <laughs> that girlie oh, loves tequila. Oh, no. I can't <laughs> drink that. I get in trouble if I drink that. <laughs> nice. All right, next question. I can read it. Perfect. All right. This next question is from Glenn Machette says, Dear Squirrels, thank you. Number one, squirrel is a word I'm never sure I'm spelling properly. Uh, You and me both, Glenn, I literally had to look it up like three times into Marvel Unlimited because that app will never help you if you spell something wrong, ever. So I, I was about. sweating making the URL for this today. <laughs> I also was like, that can't be right. It's a weird word. I have to say I have to say it weird for me to spell it right. It's like squirrel. 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 Anyway. It always looks wrong. What relatively common words do you struggle with? Oh my god! So Restaurant. opposite, opposite's my big one. Um, effect and effect kick my ass. Yes. Mm. Restaurant. I can never spell that one right. Yep. Or refrigerator. I never remember. Oh, refrigerator. I hate to say it, but I sing bananas every time I spell it. <laughs> Beep. And then I spell it wrong because I don't know the actual song because I was too little. And my mom never let me listen to it. <laughs> Definitely was hard for me for a long time. Yeah. Wednesday. I know how to spell that one, but I have to say it weird. I have to say it weird Wednesday. too. Wednesday. Wednesday. <laughs> we have such a broken language. <laughs> we do. I didn't pick it. I just I just got we here. We were just born into this shit. <laughs> We realize as adults, we could like technically change any time we want to. Just pick up that Duolingo. Find something else. Good luck. It's like you already learned this one. You might try changing the language. (laughs) 
<laughs> hey, you already learned this one. That's the big thing. Like, you can read the signs, you can get around, but for like day to day conversation, if you want, just switch to something easier. Just find. I wish Duolingo had like um, a hardest to easiest level. So you're just like, what's the easiest language? Gotcha. Spanish, Spanish probably. Spanish. You learn one Latin language, you know them all. Ooh. Take. There you go. Take that French. I know enough Spanish that was in your country that I was like, what's up, sloppy Spanish? Sacre bleu. Sacre bleu. Sacre, <laughs> Sacre bleu. French is like Spanish if you had a snail in your mouth, which they do. <laughs> we love you, our French viewers. Yeah. Thank you, Glenn. Question number yeah. two from Glenn. Uh, says Lisa from it says the Comics Collective, which much love, we will claim her, but uh, comic book couples counseling, I believe, once voiced mm-hmm. Squirrel Girl for a YouTube show, and it was, in my view, perfect. Which comic characters do you feel have each of your own voices? Ooh, <laughs> I need to go. I didn't know Lisa did that. I think that'd be perfect. I actually, watch that. that's fun. Yeah, I feel like Dallas would voice the bear in My Boyfriend's Bo Bear. Baby, lock them doors and nope. turn the lights down low. <laughs> okay, I'm a bear and I'm coming up slow. Heaven. I'm trying. I'm like closing my eyes, trying to picture you two as comic characters because I've never done it before. Start, start talking. Say something. Oh no. Yeah. So anyway, I'm doing something really cool. <laughs> um, Dallas is pumping. I've been pumping my biceps pretty regularly at the gym it's downstairs. It's a cartoon in the Volkswagen commercial. <laughs> I've recently started going to the gym. Been going for about two weeks, seeing some real progress. I'm keeping Dallas's booster goal. I'm keeping it. Lexi, how was your everything good? Any plans tomorrow? Do I work? Have I gotta go to work, which is unfortunate. Devil dinosaur. <laughs> I don't know that is, but I'll take it. A gigantic red T Rex. Well, even better. <clears throat> Got a big head and tiny arms, just like me. I, I feel no like Alexis could voice Kate Bishop pretty well. Wait, yeah, no, that I can. That could I be could hear that. I do like her. Send you a bunch mm. of the Kelly Thompson panels. Give us a reading of this. We, we want to hear. Get my my mm. glasses on. Ready? Like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you just sound like. You could be Pamela Isley, as written by G. Willow Wilson. I just feel like you talk really? how a G. Willow Wilson character is written. Mm-hmm. Or that... Red Sonia. Really? Yeah. Shit. I could do that cosplay. That'd be Ooh. piece of New York Comic Con, baby. <laughs> New York... I am not brave that. enough to go to New York Comic Con for the first time in a Red Sonia costume. <laughs> Listen, just commit. It's just, it's about, you know, confidence. If you have confidence, you pull it off. Simple as. Something I have to keep explaining to my wife, because Addison wants to come and just, like, be a bombshell at Comic-Con. She's like, I should just wear something mm-hmm. slutty. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, that'd be awesome. You are very hot. But you have to realize that you will get a line of slimy boys that want to take pictures with you. Like, yeah. that is one of the Comic-Con experiences, is yeah. walking around and seeing, like, Pretty women who are in pretty cosplays with a line of like fifteen mouth breathers. They're like, "That's true." Can I get a picture with you? I was like, "I don't. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy." I want. I don't want that many clammy palms on my lower back. There's going to be a Deadpool there who's going to be way too into it with you. It's it's going to (laughs) happen. 
I've heard the stories. You got to watch out for the Deadpools. True. The anonymity of a Deadpool is a dangerous thing. (laughs) Oh, awesome. Oh, and then there was also a note uh, under Glenn's last question. It says, note, I recently read Ramona and Danger and Other Unknown Risks, which were both put on your my radar because you guys. Thanks for that. Thank you, Glenn. Those are very fun questions. Yeah. And I think Glenn meant Remina, like the Junji Ito book. Ah, makes sense. Yeah. I got you. Thanks. Remina's so good. I don't know if I know that one. You weren't on that episode. It was just me Mm -hmm. and Anne. It's a real good one. That was my my second or third week here. Yeah. Oh, hell. Back wow. long time ago, Back right? Back in the dark ages. Back in the before times. We're oh, almost at the two-year mark. Weird. Because July was Weird. when I jumped on for real. Yeah, ah. so. Wow. Time flies, right? It's been a squiggly time. <laughs> That's the best way to describe it. Yeah. I love the squiggly time. <sighs> Hand you and read the next one? Absolutely. This is from Zach. Dear Collective, if we are to AV the powers of... Well, no, you got to say it like this. If you were to have the powers of, of be able to talk <laughs> like any animal, what would you pick up and why? No. Okay, wait. No, that makes so much more sense. <laughs> That's... Okay, if you were to have the powers of any no, animal, you'd be able to talk to any animal. you got to say it like that. If you were to have... <laughs> The powers to be able to talk to any animal. What would you pick and why? I lost it halfway through that. Come on, you got to commit. You got to go full Christian Bale into prestige. (laughs) Such I saw that movie for the first time this year. It's such a good movie. It's a great movie. Great movie. Um, Lexi, you go first. I feel like. If I could talk to anything, I would want to be able to talk to my dog, but I feel like that's a boring answer because I feel like she'd say mean things to me. So I would have to change my answer to any type of large bear. I feel like it could be exciting. Like big hairy gay man or like the animal? (laughs) Both. Both. I'd like to talk to both. Thank you. How's your day? It's going pretty good. How you doing? What's it like living in the woods? I don't know. Animal. I'm trying to talk to Okapis. You and those damn animals. Let go. They could call me Okapi Chop. Choppy. <laughs> Okapi Chap. Oh my. <clears throat> Wait. The Okapi Cappy. That's me. <laughs> right here. Let me go into the forest with my strange cow giraffes. If I was to be able to talk to or have the powers of man it has to be sharks like i could you know the sharks live at the bottom of the ocean have all that pressure on you if i could be super strong like aquaman that'd be so cool i could live like 400 years like a greenland shark just ancient master of wisdom and right there are greenland sharks that were alive when the american revolution was happening that's scary as shit yep they were just youngins back then you Hmm. would be like koi boy and have to wait for someone to get pushed in the water (laughs) <laughs> Unless you have I a sharknado, I could, I could detect people just by the electrical signals of their heart. Like I could know if someone's on the other side of my door right now. I could feel them. Did I can't help but notice. Hmm? I can't help but notice that the Greenland sharks were apparently complicit with 
every war crime since the 1700s? <laughs> You're telling me Green- Greenland sharks were around when slavery was really big and they did nothing? They Kinda didn't suck. do a single thing. Have you seen what orcas have been doing to the billionaires? Step up, Greenland sharks. Listen, orcas should have stepped oh. up a long time ago. They never should have let anyone I'm cross so those oceans. Slipping boats. Good for them. Good. On. Those boats were vulnerable back then, and now I think it's too late. It's too little, too late, orcas. And I'm so sorry that you have to learn it this way. But Poor keep it up, fools. <laughs> There's a, there was this TikTok that was like, I'm convinced the orcas are just as intelligent as us, and I was like, When did they make Dippin' Dots? Then, huh? <laughs> name a single I'm not sure culture. Dippin' Dots is a symbol name of our a... intelligence. <laughs> Name a single thing orcas have done that were as culturally impactful as Dippin' Dots. We just made ice cream, but more complicated. I'm convinced there's a finite amount of Dippin' Dots in the world. I mean, I'm... They haven't made any new ones since 2006, and we're just slowly chipping away at them. <laughs> Is that a real fact? <laughs> Addison had a punch card at the Dippin' Dots by our apartment, and they knew her oh, by name. And I said, my... if they know you by name at the Dippin' Dots specific store... <laughs> You need too many Dippin' Dots, Addison. She's like, I'm just a big fan of Dippin' Dots. That is such a weird thing to like. She I mean, I would get Dippin' Dots at the baseball games all the time because they give them to you in a little baseball cap cup. <gasps> and then little, you press your what? tongue on them and they all stick. Yeah. And you're like, Hah. That's <laughs> yeah, the only weird. correct way to eat them. Um, banana split was the best flavor. Uh, cookies and cream. No, cookies and cream. Cookies and cream. Has there ever been a single flavor that just rocks the socks off of everything it's in, like cookies and cream? Oreo was just like, like everything we do is better than everything everyone else does. All the time. All the time. All the time. Like, that must be how G. Willow Wilson feels. Like, you know what this could use? A little bit of G. Willow Wilson, baby. No, but wow. so so true. So what if true. The G stands for like Gretchen. That would be oh. terrible. Or George. Her name's George Willow Wilson. <laughs> Greg. Stands, Greg stands Willow for, Wilson. Stands for goat, Dallas. The goat. She is the goat. Goat. Oh, her fantasy book comes out next week. The one oh, really? with IDW Damn. that was solicited in like January, like an insane person. You know what I need to give? I need to give um, the Invisible Kingdom a shot again because that's a book where it's like I read the first issue and I'm like, I was only half here for that. This is a book I have to be all the way here for. I'm not going to understand a single thing that's happening. I want to read that and the Nice House on the Lake as complete things because they both lost me in single issues. You got to let me know if the last house on the or the Nice House on the Lake gets any better because it lost me after that first issue. Yeah, it's like the one Tinian project that hasn't stuck with me. Like, I've loved all. Alexa's like, I'm trying to leave. (laughs) Next question. (laughs) I'm still drunk from last night. Yeah, a little bit. Next question. A little bit. My eyes are pointing two different directions. Ten times in this episode. We all loved the comic, by the way. Yes. We're just in a silly, goofy mood. Yeah, sometimes it happens. Yeah. The comic is silly, goofy comic. Exactly. All right, last question says, hey there, Comics Collective. So about Squirrel Girl, I've often thought that behind the goofy humor and antics, there is a cognate commentary on the... Whoa. Words. 
Cognate commentary on the conventions and norms of superhero comics and our expectations as readers of what they mean and how they play out. Do you all agree? Yeah. Yeah. Listen here, bro. I think that you're really onto something. <laughs> there is a cogent commentary. There is. I mean, there I think is. this book is all about deconstructing our expectations of a superhero comic. You yeah. name a character unbeatable and then demonstrate how she is unbeatable through using conventions outside of the norm. Yes. I I mean, talking about going back to that one issue, they're just telling stories about what they expect Squirrel Girl to be versus who she actually is. And you get all these callbacks to a bunch of comic staples. Like you see references to the Dark Knight Returns. You see references to the, the Clone Saga. You see references to, to weird 90s multiverse shit. And you're just like, this is what we expect comics to be. But in reality, Squirrel Girl is, you know, she's here. She's goofy. She's fun. It's not like anything you've read before. And I think it's this whole comic just embraces the idea that comics can be whatever you want them to be to the fullest. And that's what I appreciate the most about it that I never thought I would when I initially heard about Squirrel Girl as a character and this comic as a concept. I think ultimately Squirrel Girl is an exercise in understanding the rules well enough to break them in the right ways. Every little bit of Squirrel Girl that hits really hard hits because it knows that its readers have certain expectations for their superhero comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Part two of that question um, says, secondly, it seems evident that uh, series that center joy, humor, and kindness are often blithely dismissed as fluff. But if you include a few disembowelings, beheadings, and sexual assaults, suddenly it's a real story, quote unquote, around real. Um, with important things to say. Do you find that a valid view of centering which stories are worthy of attention and or why do you think think that persists? Thank you for your time. And of course, for the great pods. Saludos, Joshua Gomez. I mean, I think I talked a bit earlier about exactly that. I don't think it's a valid thing, but I do think it's something that happens because people feel like they have to justify their love for something sometimes where they have to feel like, if I'm an adult, then what I like has to be adult too. And adult means dark, gritty, awful, gross, realistic. And it's just seems so boring, right? Like that can't just be me. That's, it sounds like such a sad way to go through life. Like, why do we have to enjoy media that has every terrible part of our real life in it? Mm-hmm. Like, why would I want to read that? when I, our whole world is living it. Yeah, and I mean, there's parts of life that are fun and exciting and goofy. Like, we're just, we're just three friends who have had a goofy time on this episode. That's also a part of our human experience and the human condition and just being a citizen of this planet. And that's just also as important and has to say something equally as important about us. Like, if it's a part of us, it has to be all of us or nothing, you know? And just because it's talking about that side of us and our expectations doesn't mean it's saying anything less just because it isn't what feels like the heaviest hitting aspect of what we can experience on this planet. Because what <clears throat> what's the point of being here if you're not going to have some fun and laugh with your friends and just be able to enjoy your time? It feels like we spend so much time striving for that, that that has to be more important than any of the hard times in our life 
where it's like, this is, these are the moments that make life, <clears throat> you know, like worth living, they say. So there has to be something there that's special and worth talking about. So I would agree. And I think our art should reflect how diverse our life experience is. Ultimately, your life will have really dark, scary, hard parts, and your life will have really fun, flirty, funny, romantic parts. And I think the idea that one of those experiences is correct to show in our artwork and the other is not on either mm -hmm. way. If you say like, there's no place for dark gritty, there's no place for fun and fluffy. I think ultimately you're just robbing yourself of the fact that art reflects life and life contains all of those things. Mm -hmm. I love Watchmen. I love Squirrel Girl and I am better for loving both. Yep. Everyone should go see the, the Barbenheimer when it comes out. Listen, I am yes. so excited to contemplate my own mortality <laughs> and then immediately go into just dancing my I'm ass off with Dua Lipa. Yeah, that's the correct order, right? Oppenheimer first, Barbie second. Of course. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I have never been more happy that they made Dua Lipa the freaking bathtub blue hair Barbie. She's the queen herself. I literally had her. When I saw Dua Lipa, my number one gal, as her, I said, this is the best day of my damn life. This, boobie, this movie could not already not get better than it is. I'm so excited. I heard people out in the wild talking about like, are people really going to go see a Barbie movie? And I was like, first off, shut up. It's Greta Gerwig. But second, like, you are so alone. You are so alone in that take. Like, the rest of us are ready to have a good time. I'm sorry, what? Those people exist? I know. What? I was so shocked, too. I was like, we're not all just on board with Barbie. There are people who actually are like, I can't believe they're making Criminals. a Barbie movie. People are... Unbelievable. I need people to watch more than superhero movies. I need it. Yeah. I need it to we'll happen some, so bad. We'll touch some fake pink grass. Listen, open a letterbox, see what your friends are watching, find the list of the greatest movies of all time, and start knocking out some things that sound fun. There's I literally need five Barbie movies. I could list them all out. It'd be my entire box. Barbie <laughs> movies. We gotta watch them. We have to we have to get through those. Yes. I wanna watch Girl. Paradise Island. Whenever you're watching that one, I wanna I wanna tune in. That's Barbie Island Princess. I'm sorry. You uncultured swine. I'm so sorry. <laughs> With the scary elephant. <laughs> scary elephant and the peacock and the red panda. I want to know what island she was on. That's an insane fun combo. one. <laughs> hey, I'm look it up. Barbie Island Princess. Best and one Princess and the Popper. Ooh, Princess and the Popper does slap. Like or I'm or like the you. best one are. Not arguably the best one, the 12 Dancing Princesses. Thank you. I wanted to be just hmm. like them. Barbie as the island princess. Yes. Mm -hmm. She had a scary ass elephant. I saw a the picture. Peacock, a little terrified. And then a red panda. And they raised why does Why does it have people teeth? Exactly. <laughs> why does it look like that? <laughs> I, had a little, I had a little toy of it when I was little. No, She's the elephant favorite. has mascara and eyeliner. Scary. Yes. It's I had all of them. That was my favorite. Yeah, I remember you had that set. Mm -hmm. I had everything. It was great. I had a fabulous childhood. You were the Barbie girl. <laughs> I was. 
This movie was made for me. <laughs> I'm looking at the cast of the Barbie movie. How can you not be excited? Just Ryan Gosling is per- perfect. Margot Robbie is perfect. Helen Mirren's the narrator. Harry Neff's in there. So we got our trans Barbie. It's fucking awesome. Will Ferrell, Michael, Michael Sarah's in this. What the? Who the fuck's an Alan? No, uh, I don't care. You don't know uh, who Alan is. Ken's <laughs> best friend. Ken's best friend. It is a best friend. Yeah, Named because Alan. they were gay. I missed out on this part of my childhood. I did not know yeah. that Alan existed. You know something hilarious about one of the very first Alan mock-up designs that got released? He had a circle on a necklace that everyone was like, that looks a little inappropriate. <laughs> he had a cockering necklace. Oh my and god. Like, that is for children. What is who is Alan? Who so is then they stopped that? making him. <laughs> who is they stopped making him. Exactly. Until you said it, I had no idea, like, what's inappropriate about a circle? Yeah. And then you had to actually spell it out for me, like, yeah, it's a child. I'm like, that was a stretch, everyone. That's a plastic Barbie. He don't even have... He's flat in the middle. What are you talking about? <laughs> what's that it's for? Like, Nothing. It's like every time there's a commercial or anything with, like, a gay couple, and then you get, like, parents like, well, what the? F- what am I supposed to do now? How am I supposed to, supposed to explain this to my kids? I'm like, are you explaining, like, the complexities of yeah. douching and anal sex, Karen? Yeah. What the fuck's going on? Just tell them that two guys love each other. You Wait, even understand that, Karen? Sometimes yeah. you have to, because my 50-year-old <clears throat> mother-in-law called the other day saying that she was being pranked that there was something called a prostate up men's asses that they liked. <gasps> Stimulating. <laughs> She's like, Brayden just told me that apparently, like, the male G-spot is up their butt, and it's called a prostate. That's not true, is it? And we were like, yes, Bandy. it's true. And she's that like, what? So people just, like, play in guys' butts? And I was like, what do you think gay uh, sex is? And she's like, like, I understand gay men. And I was like, it's like no, there are there's straight dudes that are into that, too. Yeah. She's like, you're all lying, and, like, hung up. <laughs> 50 years old. So sometimes you do we actually, love- Karen. Karen, you we- actually do have to explain the complexities of anal sex sometimes. Yourself. We love when people learn new things and refuse to accept new things. <laughs> like, wow. Come on. Wow. Is- Happy Squirrel Girl episode, everybody. Happy Squirrel Girl episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've, I almost feel bad that we only got eight issues done. It was like, we were all so busy this week, we couldn't do any more. We but a thousand percent, I want to do more of this comic because there has to be so much more that we barely even scratched the surface of. Can we commit to a return to do... Oh, for sure. That big... Could we do mm-hmm. that 50, pay, 50 issuer on a week that we all are yeah. less busy? Oh, sure. absolutely. We can do a squirrel Maybe, girl. Not in the summer because I've been realizing I, summer is the worst time for hobbies <laughs> i got too much damn i got too many damn things going on right <clears throat> at least now the pride month is over things are going to be a little better <laughs> every weekend i was out doing something we got to read um yes. squirrel girl beats up the marvel universe too just because i want like the catharsis from having to read deadpool kills the marvel universe which i hated so i would like mm. to read something fun in that same vibe yeah. so yeah i would like to see that cool should we roll right. this episode out? We shall. All right, everybody. If you like our show and want to hear more from us throughout the week, please go follow our Twitter account at CMX Collective or our TikTok account at The Comics Collective. Or you can find each of us at our personal Twitter accounts at Dallas underscore comics, at Ann Comics, and at Lexi Lou underscore comics. If you enjoyed the show and want to show your support, please go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening and give us a five-star review. We'll read off on the show. 
Some of you have also been emailing us nice things, and that also makes our day. So thank you. And finally, feel free to email us with your questions or comments for the show at thecomicscollective at gmail.com. And we'll see you all next week for our episode on Kingdom Come. Yeah, with Owen Likes Comics. Speaking of that difference in tone and having the lighthearted stuff and also the darker, grittier stuff, we're going to have a little bit of both. It's going to be fun. It should be fun. It's going to be fun. We'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.